You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, December 6th. Oh, what a night in basketball. Had the good fortune of going to Lakers Suns on Tuesday night. Good buddy, listener of the podcast. He uh, has season tickets. And uh, I was able to get out of a family obligation. Shout out to the wife for understanding. (laughs) Uh, Couldn't miss a... uh, Listen, ordinarily, December Lakers-Suns game is like, okay, it's a good game. But with the playoff situation, the in-game tournament, it was like another level. I was like, I don't think I can miss this game. And it turned out to be one of the best games of the young season. So obviously, we will talk about that. Then we'll uh, get into some other topics. Uh, Unfortunately, a little more Jets. uh, And then MVP talk. Um... It seems like I hit a nerve with my Brock Purdy as the MVP, so we'll, we'll dig into that. But first, we got to go Lakers 106, Suns 103. It, it, I mean, the energy in the building was off the charts. And the Lakers, I felt like, dominated much of this game. With the exception of the 14-0 run by the Suns to start the third quarter, it was like the Lakers owned the interior. 21 offensive rebounds. Anthony Davis had more offensive boards than the entire Suns team. They're just a bad matchup. The Lakers have now gone 3-0 and against Phoenix this season. And I know, I know, we haven't seen Beal and Durant and, and, and Booker playing enough games together for them to get any, you know, um, cohesiveness. But, like, I don't know, Nurkic was quite bad. Uh, he got bodied inside, got in foul trouble. Eubanks is, like, not even a rim runner. Like, he, he can get it done against, like, 80% of the league. But when you step up in class against the Lakers and AD and, and the Nuggets, like, I don't see it. Now, I'm not worried about the Suns. 12-9, and nine, they're okay. Uh, it's all about the postseason for these guys. And, frankly, I, the Lakers, the wings were just tremendous defensively. The Lakers won this with defense. Folks, every night I look at the NBA scoreboard, I'm seeing, like, 137-124. Hawks beat the Pacers. Or Timberwolves, 139, uh, you know, Knicks, 121. 
And it's like the scores are outrageous. Nobody's playing defense. And then you look at 106-103 and you're like, yeah, Lakers were locked in. I mean, I'm just telling you right now, like I know they didn't have Gabe Vincent, who is definitely a rotation guy. But when you're talking about Cam Reddish, who couldn't make a shot, but defensively was unbelievable moving his feet and switching with between Booker and and, uh, and KD, he was outstanding. I thought Jared Vanderbilt gave them huge minutes. He had four offensive boards in 15 minutes. Like, again, he couldn't make a shot, but his activeness at on the offensive glass and the defensive end was tremendous. And then the other guy I thought was excellent defensively at times was Torian Prince. Now, he's the guy they expect to make shots, and he, two for six, felt like he couldn't make a damn thing. And it's like, if those three guys are defending at a high level, and you toss in Gabe Vincent, like this Lakers team is going to be legit dangerous. Now, obviously, we have to worry about LeBron's health and AD's health, but AD, who must have missed five layups, came through a 27 and 15. LeBron just bullied his way to 31 and 11 and five. Sorry, he went 31 points, 11 assists, eight boards, five steals. He was so, the Lakers defense was off the charts against Vogel. And the Suns. I was I was just stunned at the rotations and how crisp they were. Yeah, Kevin Durant's going to get some threes from 27 feet out. And, you know, he felt automatic. I was worried that final three was going in. He actually missed his final two threes. Um, but I thought they did a great job on D-Book, who was frustrated all night. Seven turnovers, six baskets. Uh, and I got to give a lot of credit to Cam Reddish. I thought Cam Reddish's defense on Booker was tremendous. And it's funny. Um he picked. If, I don't know if this translated on on TV, but he picked him up full court all the time, even if Booker didn't bring the ball up. And you know, I can say this as as a youth basketball coach. That's one of my strategies. Like I'm hounding. I'm in the jersey of their best player, ninety four feet. Well, they don't play on a ninety four foot court, but you know what I mean. And Reddish and Vanderbilt were picking up uh, D book length of the floor, and that does wear on you, man. I mean, Booker had to do so much. He had eleven boards. Um, six assists. He's creating. He's um, he's trying to play defense. He's trying to box out. He's trying to do everything and score. And it just wasn't his night. Um, six to sixteen from the field. I, I just, it just this was a complete performance from the Lakers. And then I wanted to save my best for last. Uh, um, Rob G. And I cannot forget him. Austin Reeves was just a freaking hero. I mean, this guy. So third quarter. Lakers come out sluggish, Suns grab the lead, and Austin Reeves scores 14 points in the quarter to keep the Lakers afloat. AD couldn't make a damn thing. LeBron looked like he was saving his energy for the fourth, and they need, hey, get us to the fourth quarter. It was like a relay team, you know, where obviously you save your fastest runner for the for the final uh, leg, but you want to have you want to have a great start, and the Lakers did. LeBron and AD just dominated first half. And then in the third quarter, they did not have that leg covered. And then Austin Reeves stepped up. And then, of course, Reeves hits the dagger three at the end. He was a team high plus 17. Listen, I know people are like, listen, D'Angelo Russell stinks. He had another rough night, three of 11. But Austin Reeves is on the court when it matters. And I tell this to all these kids who are like, man, he's so good on this basketball team, but he's not starting. I'm like, dude, (laughs) it's not who starts. It's who finishes, okay? Those are the clutch players, the guys who play at both ends. We know Russell doesn't play a lick of D, okay? Uh, and Austin Reeves is just everywhere. Um, and I, I I, did make the decision, guys. I'm going to be getting an Austin Reeves jersey. That will be my next NBA jersey purchase. I'm more of a throwback guy, um, and I'm still waiting for the, um, I think it's the Kelly Green Luka Mavs throwback. That 80s Mavs jersey is just so fire. And 
after that, it's going to be Austin Reeves of the Lakers, Rob. I, it's official. I'm, I'm getting it. I mean, he is, you know, Timothy Duncan. So, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. What, pick your favorite. He is him. Uh, you know, it, it was not the cleanest played game. Like you mentioned, the Lakers could not hit the red side of a barn. And the Phoenix Suns had more turnovers than a bakery. So, it was very sloppy, but it was very entertaining. And the one thing that everyone's kind of clinging on to in the aftermath in the wee hours of the morning here on Wednesday is the timeout that was granted to the Lakers in the mm. final seconds, very controversially. Yeah. Um, even as a Laker fan, I can admit that the refs got it wrong, but you know, it, it is what it is and that kind of things happen. The one issue I did have with it though is Devin Booker, immediately after the game, I don't even think he had showered yet, went to his phone and posted a screen grab of the play on his Instagram with like an emoji, like what's like confused, right? And then he has time to think about it. He mellows out. He takes a shower. He gets dressed. He's looking real fresh at the podium. And during his answer about the the play, says, we're not asking for favoritism, just a fair chance. <laughs> and it's like, bro, you just meant you had 20 turnovers. You, you were terrible individually, 6 to 16, relatively to what your team needed you to be. You were killed on the offensive glass. The Lakers attempted 27 more shots than you did in the game. Even before the timeout was called, they could have called the foul on Devin Booker when he bumped into Austin Reeves and there was no call. They could have called a foul on the possession before that when both LeBron and AD were slapped on the wrist attempting to uh, tip in the basket. It would have put him up uh, by four. None of those things were called. And you know what? Play goes on. That's why I respect what Kevin Durant said. He's like, look, that call is not the reason we lost the game. There was a ton of reasons why we lost the game. And I think that that is something that has kind of always bothered me about Devin Booker. It might be why I've kind of been late to the train on him, even though I know he's a great player. But you remember that viral video years and years ago where they're doing an open, open run gym and he gets double teamed in the corner and he gets upset. He says, we're not doubling an open gym, bro. We're not doubling an open I gym. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Joachim Noah's like, no, yeah, we are. Because we're working on our game. And he's like, well, I want to work on my game. I get double all the time in a real game. It's like, well, that's part of the game is getting double teamed. And it's like, if your first response is to look for an excuse, that, that tells me a lot about who you are as a player. And, and I didn't like that he was the first reaction to the game rather than, I can't have seven turnovers. Or I got to shoot better. It's, well, you know, the refs didn't really give us a fair shake there. At the end. I, I didn't like that at all. Well. I mean, listen, it's a $500,000 game, right? No, I mean, they got to get there and win it to get the $500,000. Yeah, but still, like, I mean, this is a, this is a big game. It, it Like, I'll say this. I watched a lot of Booker up and down the court, Rob. I'm not putting him in the Luka category of complaining, but, man, he talks to the refs a lot. Just wearing him out. Like, I know he was in some foul trouble, and maybe that triggered it, but I just thought he was up and down the court just continuously talking. Um, it just it felt a little... I don't know if unseemly is the word, but it was just like, dude, you're a star. I, I know Reddish is playing great D, but it, it was just a weird, weird vibes from him. Um, I am curious. I, I didn't even know who the Lakers were playing on, on Thursday in the semifinal of the tournament. Um, it looks like it's going to be the Pels. Yes. So, like, so I, I get it. Thursday night football is Steelers and Patriots, and it's a crap game, and nobody cares. But the NBA is running so scared of the NFL that they schedule this game for the afternoon. Is that accurate, Rob? The 2 p.m. Pacific start time will be Bucks and Pacers. Pacers. Okay. 
and then what is it? Five p.m. Pacific. It says six. Yeah. Oh, six p.m. Pacific. Then will be Lakers Pelicans because they wanted the championship game to be on Saturday away from NFL Sunday. NFL Sunday. Smart. That okay. Got it. And you give them a little extra time if you play the games early. Um, but a, a two p.m. start Pacific for Pacers Bucks. But I guess they assume a lot of people aren't watching that anyway. Um, right. Interesting. What's your like? I didn't get to watch a lot of the Knicks uh, Bucks. I just saw a little, but it kind of sort of felt like that game didn't have the juice that this one did. No, and and it's it's you know unfortunate because had it been Celtics Bucks, it would have had all the juice. Oh, geez. and and unfortunately, you know the Celtics couldn't get it done um, uh, against Indi- uh, against the Pacers. But as far as uh, Knicks Bucks, I mean Julius Randle was awesome in the first half and. He made every shot, and even still, it was a close game. And so you can always tell in one of those situations where, if a team is really clicking or they're doing all the things that the, that you know you'd hope that they do, and it's a close game or it's a tie game or you're actually losing, like you know what's going to happen. Like there was no way that Julius Randle could keep that up for an entire 48 minutes. Um, Giannis is a destroyer of worlds, and you know Dame got going there a little bit in the second half, and and. Suddenly a four-point game becomes 14, becomes 16, mm-hmm. becomes 20, and then, you know, it kind of goes from there. Uh, Bucks currently favored in that one by four and a half. I'm not advocating betting on NBA in uh, December. I see the Lakers open as one and a half point favorites. Oh, it looks like it opened at two and it's been bet down to one and a half. So early money on the Pels. Um, hey, by the way, shout out to... Um, a, a straight-fire listener who I ran into at the Lakers game who wanted to thank me for the Pittsburgh Steelers-Arizona Cardinals under, um, which hit. And I was like, wow, this is a diehard listener chanting, all, rattling off my wagers uh, from from Friday's pod. He said he likes the gambling aspect, so shout-out to that guy. Um, I don't know what we'll do this week um, for gambling on NFL. Uh, I may hit up David Baker. Everybody knows him. I do talk to him about the contest. It was shocker. He's like doing well. I Mine's over. I'm so freaking pissed. Don't want to talk about it. Anyways, let, let's get to the NFL. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires. All weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand-cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code STRAIGHTFIRE only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's go to the NFL. I didn't want to go back to the Jets, but of course Aaron Rodgers went on the former punter show and decided to talk about, well, I should say talk around the Zach Wilson quarterback thing happening in New York. So I'll quickly address that, but I do want to get to the MVP award, which I think is a much better discussion. Okay. So as we, as we talked about yesterday, so Zach Wilson reportedly was, they were ready to go back to him at quarterback. And he's like, yeah, mm, not that interested. Uh, I don't want to risk getting injured, which is comical. Um, and so of course, Jets QB Aaron Rodgers, who's paid a million dollars to go on the former NFL punter show, the Pat McAfee show every week during the season is asked about it and his he just gives like he's like an armchair psychologist sprouting pearls of wisdom about life liberty and the pursuit of happiness he doesn't once touch the report he says that all these negative comments in the media they're all about identity um if you need to find your identity in those comments to pump you up you're never going to actually get what you want and at this point i'm like is he smoking weed? Is he doing ayahuasca? Literally, is he saying this? Like, none of this makes sense. We're talking about the quarterback situation, and does Zach Wilson not want to go back in? And then he says, you can't find your identity or happiness in the media. Like, why would you give a shit what the media has to say? And, like, that's his response to this kind of embarrassing report about the Jets quarterback situation. And it's like any real interviewer would have followed up with, well, wait a sec. Have you talked to Zach? What does he say? Or... Aaron, you know, do you think Zach can go back out there? Or Aaron, you know, 
they, they, they got Zach out of there to put Tim Boyle in. Tim Boyle's now been cut by the Jets like three weeks later. Like, this is an embarrassment. And Rodgers doesn't touch any of it because he's just smarter than everyone else. And um, I, I'm sure you guys heard the news recently that um, Warren Buffett's like right-hand man forever, Charlie Munger, had died at the age of 99 recently. And, of course, when he passed, everybody put all these old videos of him up saying stuff. And one, one of them that cut through, and I had to write it down in my notes section on my phone because it was so good. He said, um, you don't want to hire the guy with an – or no, you want to hire the guy with an IQ of 130 that – thinks his IQ is 120. The guy with an IQ of 150 who thinks it's 170 will end up killing you. Aaron Rodgers is the guy with an IQ of 150, but he thinks his IQ is 170. You don't want to be around those people. Yeah, they're smart and intelligent, but they overestimate their value and their knowledge. And it's just like, listen, occasionally you're going to win a Super Bowl and you're going to have a great season and be the MVP. But more often than not, your delusion and lunacy and uh, inflated sense of self worth is just gonna is just too much. I don't want to be around that. And I mean, I listen. Aaron Rodgers famously like doesn't talk to his family members. Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's like thirty nine years old and he's not even married. He's dated a ton of women, and there's all these rumors about oh, he get engaged and blah blah blah. So like, who does he hang with? Who are his friends? Does he have friends? He, he, we know he's kind of a strange duck and he's a bit of a weirdo, but clearly he thinks he's the smartest guy in every room he goes into. Rob, I just, I hear these comments and I'm, I'm just so disgusted with the Jets, even getting in bed with this guy and hitching their wagon to him. Now it's not, Rob, if you notice, it's not about him. When are you coming back? When are you, now it's about like wisdom and psychology and playing mind games with the media. Like, I just, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys who's, made the transition to if you can separate what he does from the person you're going to really like him and, and and it's it's unfortunate to lump him in this category but it's guys like you know r kelly chris brown you know um uh, uh michael there's jackson. some act yeah michael jackson I'm mean, allegedly like and again and you hate to lump him in with these kind of guys because what these other guys are accused of doing are heinous crimes what aaron Rodgers. As far as I know, he's never committed a crime. He yeah. just is just a funny guy. He's an interesting cat. And you almost have to convince yourself that if you say, hey, if I disregard the attitude and the know-it-allness and the smugness and the unlikability, for lack of a better word, of Aaron Rodgers, and just say, hey, if I watch him play football, he's fucking awesome as a quarterback. Or at his peak, he was great. And that's kind of where he is now. And I don't know when, it, when exactly it happened. Because for a long time, he was very private. You didn't really know a whole lot about him other than he didn't talk to his family. And no one even knew why he didn't talk to his family. It was just he's not talking to him. And, and, and no one could ever get an answer out of him. You know, he'd occasionally pop up with some new starlet for two or three months. And you would see him photo, photograph places. But he would never talk about it. Yeah. So there was kind of like this mystery about him where you didn't know too much. And even when he spoke, he wasn't as interesting. You know, he was, he was in Green Bay. Like, what, the, what is there to talk about in Green Bay? And then somewhere along the lines, you know, maybe right around 2020 when, when COVID hit or, or when Trump took office and, and people started to really voice their opinions on everything, whether you were qualified or not. And he kind of just took on this persona that really shifted the way people view him. Like now his quarterback play is almost secondary. And where this, this is the guy who won back-to-back MVPs, Recently. was it four years ago? Yeah. Three, three or four years ago. Like. 
it's just a wild turn of events for him. And, and it's, it's a little bit depressing because at this point in the, in, in his career, especially the season with the injury, I think Travis Kelsey said it best. Tuesdays are now his game days. Tuesdays oh. on Pat McAfee is what he looks forward to every week. It's his time to shine the spotlights on him. And he uses it as an avenue to say incendiary things that he knows are going to keep his name in the news. And it's really disappointing. Yeah, very selfish individual. It's funny listening to you break down the artists. Uh, even if you don't like the music analogy, you could go with, hey, you meet a girl. She seems perfect, friendly, hot, good family, smart, everything. And then all of a sudden you get to politics and she's either extremely to the left or extremely to the right. Like ultimately, like total package, but man, I cannot deal with the, the extreme wokeism or alt-right. She's on one of those sides. You just, it's not going to work, right? It's just, it's not going to happen. And that's, I feel like Aaron Rodgers, if he just did football and didn't do these interviews, man, Aaron Rodgers, not that bad, but he has made it a a, a, a choice to get his name out there. And Rob, I also think this is kind of true. In Green Bay, they didn't give him any power, right? They decided we're trading up in the draft for this. We're not right. drafting a first round pick in the uh, a receiver in the first round. We're doing this. We're doing that. And he didn't have any power or control. And I, I long have compared him to Brady saying that Brady left New England where he wasn't running the show. It was Belichick's show, right? To the point where Gronkowski would rather retire than keep playing for Belichick. And so Brady goes to Tampa, wins the power struggle with uh, Bruce Arians, and decides, all right, Gronk, come on back. And then I'm going to bring in uh, Antonio Brown. You could come live with me. I'll be your guy. I'll help you all. We need you. And then, hey, Leonard Fournette, I'm here. Come here. So like Brady had the power, helped shape the roster, and they win the Super Bowl. And I do think, Rob, that... Aaron Rodgers thought, you know what? The Jets really want me. They're desperate. They haven't been in the playoffs in a decade. What if I what if I was able to bring in the OC? And, and then I could go get Randall Cobb and I like Nicole Hardman. And then, yeah, I got a relationship with Dalvin Cook. I, I like him. And I and I'm just I'm Tim Boyle. Let's bring him. I can I can have some power and control some things. And that was very appealing to Rodgers. And of course, he gets the power. And now the Jets are a total dumpster fire, an embarrassment, and the egg is really on a lot of his face, is it not? Absolutely. And you know what's funny? We talked about this yesterday. Is The Athletic reported that because Rodgers has this much power and because he got hurt, everybody is basically coming back next season, front office included, with the head coaching. As far as Aaron Rodgers and his well, wait, power— Wait, hold, hold on. Do you buy that? Yeah, because it's the Jets. Like, like there's certain franchises when you hear reports like that, you're like, that's that can't be true. Like, that's just that's too far fetched. That's I would such hope a not, bro. That's such that's a simple minded way of thinking. And then there's franchises that are like the Jets. My Raiders are one of those franchises. You know, the Bears. Where if there's, they can say anything, and it wouldn't really surprise you because they have a history of ineptitude and they make the wrong decision at almost every turn. So I, I, I kind of believe that. Um, but again, to your point about Aaron Rodgers and his power. Ever since they drafted Jordan Love and he had that, you know, uh, Rodgers against the world first season and he won mm. the MVP, right? Yeah. At that moment is when he got the power again. He was able to flex his muscle to get the contract that he wanted. Doesn't it feel like, though, ever since that after that first season when he finally basically had Green Bay by the balls and he got the yeah. contract that he was looking for, every decision that he's made has been the wrong one. Anytime that they've given Rodgers, whether it's Green Bay or New York, we're going to give in to what you want. You're the man. You're our guy. Whatever you like, sir, we'll do it. You're the MVP. And it seems like every single one of them is backfired because Green Bay, yeah, 
I, they can't be happy with that contract because they had to eat what millions upon millions of dollars yeah. to get him out of town. And then obviously this dumpster fire with the Jets. So, you know, there's a reason why front offices exist. Like star players are not meant to have that much power because most star players are so individually fantastic that the things that go into building a roster yeah. or building a team don't even occur to them because they're so special on the play, on the playing field, basically. Yeah. It, I think I would largely agree with that. It's, I, I think the bigger question is, does the, does the owner say, you know what, I can't stomach this. Let's just pull the plug. Because remember, with Favre, they ended up pulling the plug on Favre. They fired Mangini. They bring on Rex Ryan, and they trade up in the draft for Mark Sanchez. And, I mean, Rob, instantly. Now, they were a 9-3 and team before Favre kind of struggled at the end. I think there was a shoulder injury, but he didn't miss time. And the Jets went to the AFC Championship the following year after Favre. The Jets have a lot of talent. The defense is in place. You just need a real coach, a, a game manager quarterback who's not going to screw it up, and an offensive line. Now, can they do that in one offseason? Well, you don't have a second-round pick. I've been on the trade Sauce Gardner train, uh, and I know Jets fans who are hearing me say this for the first time aren't going to like it, but you need to protect the quarterback, and you cannot. Like, okay, you want to use the first-round pick, great. What about the rest of the line? You need at least two to three offensive linemen this offseason. At least. And the best way to get there is parting with like a sauce gardener. DJ Reed's ranked very highly. Anyways, we did too much on the Jets, Rob. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires. All weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand-cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on! 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Football is back. No more preseason games. The regular season is here. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on GameTime, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last-minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football teams this September, download GameTime. And it's not just football. GameTime has tickets to baseball games, concerts, and comedy shows across the country. Download the GameTime app and redeem code JMAC for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the GameTime app and enter code JMAC. That's J-M-A-C for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. I want to quickly wrap up with the MVP case in the league. It's still a little premature. A lot of games left to be played. This weekend, obviously, two massive games. Jalen Hurts versus Dak, Philly, and uh, Dallas. Like You guys know I already bet Dallas at three. It's three and a half. Um, San Francisco plays Seattle. Uh, San Fran was 12 and a half. It's down to 10. Brock Purdy's in the MVP hunt. And then there's Tyreek Hill facing a really putrid Tennessee Titans secondary. And I'm just, I, I'm with you guys. Quarterback, most important position. I get it. In a year where Rodgers is hurt, Lawrence is hurt, Lawrence, it sounds like he's going to miss two to four weeks. Um, Burrow's out. Um, the quarterbacks around the league, just Deshaun Watson, they're just dropping like flies. And no, none of the, like, Hurts, Dak, and Purdy, you know, they all have flaws. If you just look at Tyreek Hill, Rob, and you look at his stats, you go call up the wide receiver stats in the NFL, it is staggering how far away and he uh, ahead he is in like yards per catch, touchdowns, um, yards per game, yards at every ca- every category for receiving. He is by far number one. Now, yes, Cooper Cup's been hurt and Justin Jefferson's been hurt, and I think Jamar Chase has been banged up. So some of the elite receivers are down a little. Keenan Allen leads in receptions, but uh, that's because they have nobody else who's just force feeding him. Uh, Tyree could still pass him because Keenan Allen likely to get hurt given this usage. But I, I actually think there's a case. For Tyreek Hill, and I'll tell you now, if Dak does not beat the Eagles, he cannot win the MVP award. Like, if you look historically, it goes to the number one or number two seed and a quarterback. Looked like the last 10 years. And I've been pumping up the Brock Purdy here for a while. And again, if you want to go look at the stats, and people will say, well, this is just Jimmy Garoppolo all over again. Guys, It is. that's not even close to accurate. I went and looked up 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo when they went to the Super Bowl. He was not number one in any passing category. He was some top five, some top 10, top 15, but he was not number one in anything. Brock Purdy, as of now, is number one in completion percentage. Uh, He is number one. Hold on. I wrote all of them down here. Damn it. I can't find it. Uh, He was number one completion percentage, uh, number one in yards per attempt, uh, quarterback rating, QBR, EPA per play, success rate, every quarter, every quarterback sat. Brock Purdy is number one. So why is there pushback? And somebody smart texted me, hey, Jay, you just need to let, and it was during, during the show, Cowherd and I were going back and forth on this. So he's like, do you remember Joe Montana? 
We never heard anything. Well, Joe Montana had a stacked deck. Bill Walsh, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, um, Roger Craig. Um, was it Dwight? I think Dwight Clark. Yeah, Dwight Clark in the early 80s. I mean, the defense had Ronnie Lott. Like, those were loaded teams. And it, it's just a weird thing. Like, Magic Johnson goes to the Lakers, and he's instantly got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then he gets James Worthy. And it's like, jeez. I mean, he loaded teams. And you look at Joe Montana, loaded teams. But we don't say that about those guys. We say that about Brock Purdy. Why? Well, he didn't go to Notre Dame. Like Joe Montana, by the way, Joe Montana was not the number one overall pick. I think he was a third round pick. And it was like, okay, he's good, but he doesn't have the huge arm. He doesn't have the strapping 6'4 size. He's a big guy, but he's not like the prototype. He's not as big as like Marino and doesn't have the arm. And it was like, okay, he's eh, third round pick. And all of a sudden he goes in and then now I know I can hear you guys yelling into the earbuds as you listen. Wait a minute, Jay. Who was Jerry Rice? Fair enough. Who was Brandon Ayuk? Who was Debo Samuel? Christian McCaffrey was a high, was a first round pick that they traded for, and like Roger Craig, guys, uh, you could scoff. Roger Craig back in the day was a bad boy. Um, George, who was George Kittle? You know, no, it's not like any of these guys were top five picks. Other than uh, what was McCaffrey was top ten, I think. But it's like I know you're going to say Jerry Jerry Rice came out of nowhere. Yeah, obviously, it's not like Joe Montana made Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice made Jerry Rice. Like his work ethic is unparalleled. I mean, the, the whole league missed on him. And I actually think, Rob, that there is a little parallel to Montana, but I think the better one, and I know people hate this, is Tom Brady. He came in uh, seventh uh, on the quarterback depth list chart at Michigan, goes to the NFL, sixth-round pick, everybody passes on him, sitting behind Bledsoe, comes in, game manages his way to a Super Bowl. Oh, well, yeah, he's just a fill-in and game manager, and he does it again. And it's like, well, he's he's okay, but like— Come on, it was one drive late, and the kicker won the Super Bowl, and like, well, people refuse to respect Brady, and and I know you guys forget this. First, like, four years, no, he wasn't getting any respect. It was always, well, it's Belichick, and oh my gosh, it was uh, who's the MVP? Dion Branch was the MVP of the Super Bowl, and like, it wasn't Brady. He didn't get it until they got Randy Moss, who was a top top ten first round pick, and of course, Randy Moss gets Brady to throw fifty touchdown passes, and now. Tom Brady is the man. He is cemented. I'm looking at his stats, and Rob, uh, let's just quickly look at, he didn't, in his first year, 11-3 and three, uh, uh, as a starter, was a pro bowler. Second year, 9-7. and seven. Third year, 14-2, and two, and he only finished third in the MVP voting. 14-2 and two again. Did not finish top five in an MVP. Next year, 10-6, and six, third in MVP voting. 12-4. and four. Not even an MVP finalist. Then came Randy Moss, 16-0, 50 touchdowns, and he won the MVP. I'm telling you, there is a, 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 a like this weird mental block and hurdle around giving underdogs respect. Purdy, he's just not going to get it. He was the last pick in the draft. Brady didn't get it until they were perfect, and he threw 50 touchdowns. And I, Rob, maybe I'm going overboard. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Tom Brady, but I'm saying the parallel of late pick thriving in a good system. All of that applies to Purdy. And I think if the league were smart, now Brady wasn't leading number one in the NFL in any, I don't think you, oh, he, no, he was not number one in completion percentage or any of that stuff in his first few years. Um, 28 touchdowns in year two led the league, but they were only nine and seven. And it's like, we now have a lot more advanced stats and Purdy is slaying all of them. And you can say, oh, well, Shanahan did this with Garoppolo. 
Garoppolo played very well in it, but he was not number one far and away like Purdy is. I don't know, Rob, I'm off my soapbox. No, I mean, you know, I hate to push back on any Brock Purdy stuff because, you know, I'm a Brock Purdy guy. I know. I'm famously a Brock Purdy guy. But to add some additional statistics to back up your, your case here. On the season, Brock Purdy now has four games with at least three touchdown passes, passer rating of 140 or higher in a season. That's tied with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for the most such game by a quarterback in a season in NFL history. Whoa. You know, you know what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have in common with those years that they did it? Brady 2007, Brady 2011, or uh, Rodgers 2011. They both won the MVP that year. So history says that Brock Purdy should win the MVP. That's not even counting that he's first in passer rating, first in yards per pass, first in completion mm. percentage, first in TD percentage, second in three-plus touchdown games, second in 20-plus yards completion, and he currently leads the NFL in total EPA and EPA per possession. Mm. So Brock Purdy, any way you slice it, is having an MVP season. The only reason why he wouldn't win, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, is that people continue to hold his draft slot against him. They refuse to believe what their eyes are telling him. That is that he is having a incredible season, that he is not just along for the ride in San Francisco. He is driving the bus on uh, almost every game. You know, maybe not on a play-to-play, but there are multiple plays in every game that he makes a special throw or he does something that leads to them being successful. So I have no issue with you having him as the MVP. I personally have Dak Prescott only because, and I'm kind of using my own argument against me, is because I think that Dak Prescott is more wholly responsible for his team's offensive success than Brock Purdy is for his. Because Brock Purdy does have the weapons that Dak does not have, even though the offensive line in Dallas is better. I think outside of CeeDee Lamb, I think uh, San Francisco was better across the board at all of the key seal positions. And Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy is like varsity versus JV. So that's why I would have Dak Prescott. But if you have Brock Purdy, I have him second. I'm not going to fight you over Brock Purdy. Going back to Tyreek Hill, I like Tyreek Hill. He's going to probably, you know, get me to the fantasy playoffs. I'm a big fan of Tyreek Hill. But the reality is that this is now a quarterback award for better or for worse. Most recently, I'm going down the list of of non-quarterbacks to even be in contention for the MVP. 2021, Aaron Rodgers famously beats Tom Brady in the MVP. Cooper Cup that year won the receiving triple crown. 145 catches, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns, got exactly one vote. (laughs) 2019, Michael Thomas at the time set the NFL record for catches in the season, 149. He had 1,700 yards and nine touchdowns. Did not get a single vote. Calvin Johnson almost hit 2,000 in 2012, which was... At the time, like a ridiculous number to get 1964 in 2012 when not everybody's throwing the ball over the field the way they are now. Zero votes. Hmm. You'd have to go all the way back to 2012 that a non-quarterback won NFL MVP. And all it took was Adrian Peterson running for over 2,000 yards coming off a torn ACL for him to win MVP. And even last year, they switched the vote because said, hey, you know, you're only going to vote for one guy. And that's why, you know, there was that famous um, story about Russell Wilson, you know, when he was really cooking in Seattle. And they're like, you know, Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote. Like, that's how is that right, possible? Right. 
And it's because you can only vote for one guy every year. So it was just, it made sense why you never got one. So last year they swifted, they shifted the point system. You vote one through five and that's how it goes. Even with the point system, Justin Jefferson was the highest non-quarterback vote getter. He finished fifth. The other four guys in order, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Last I checked, all four are quarterbacks. So unless Tyreek Hill finishes like 2,500 yards. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, whoa. Has, I, hold on. I, What's I just, wrong? I thought 2,000 hadn't been done. Yeah, but he's going to be 17 games. So if Calvin Johnson, Megatron, hit 1964 in 16 games. So like he 2,150? Something like that. He's going to need okay, so, something ridiculous for him to so, even sniff a, a well, first not, place Not vote. totally. Here's the thing. He's at 1,481. So he needs basically 700 yards in the final five games, right? Mm-hmm. I, that's doable, bro. They're it facing the Titans. If I were them, given some potential weather games later, I would look to see if I could make this a Tyreek 200-yard game. I don't see why not. It's it, The temp, Tennessee secondary is atrocious. I mean, it's so bad. And if Jeffrey Simmons is out, the pass rush will be weak. I just force-feed Tyreek. I mean, I... I'm with you mostly. I want to go back to your Dak point. So okay. you said you would ultimately lean Dak because you think he doesn't have as many weapons right. and thus more value. So it almost sounds like you're holding it against Brock Purdy that he has good players. And by the way, kind of, he yeah. doesn't. C.D. Lamb was a higher draft pick than Brandon Ayuk. Um, obviously, McCaffrey was a higher pick than Pollard. Um, Debo Samuel was a second-round pick. Brandon Cooks, I think, was a first back in the day. He's a little older. Um, so it, it just it, it stinks that we would hold it. Like, we didn't hold it against Montana that he had Bill Walsh, you know? Right. We didn't hold it against Marino that he had Don Shula. But, again, those guys built up their name. They went to Notre Dame. Dan Marino was a first-round pick. Like, Purdy's anonymous. Did you see the video of him entering the stadium? Yeah. I joke that he looks like a <laughs> college kid. Uh, like a Sigma Chi social chair going home on winter break to work at Abercrombie. You know, he's got like a nice haircut. There's nothing that stands out about him. He's not getting national commercials. Now, he is only in year two uh, as a starter, but I don't know, man. I just, he still has a roommate, I, if, if memory serves. Yeah, he's not like he's making a lot of money. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe we changed your opinion on, on, wide, on, on MVP and why well, I know nobody cares about the Jets anymore. Uh, all right, we are back tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 